Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Hey, everybody, brand new week. We're into October now, and today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, J. Robert Oppenheimer. And why is he our general manager? He was the head of the Los Alamos Laboratory during the World War II years and is generally considered the father of the atomic bomb. Okay. And is that because nuclear weapons are on the uh, on the mind? It absolutely is. It is remarkable to me how, given all of the topics, including that one, uh, talking heads could be talking about over the weekend, they seem to bury that one. Mm-hmm. A lot of politics, a lot of hurricane, and, and God bless the people of Florida and the terrible sure. woes they're enduring. But then in, like, the last segment, they get to, oh, yeah, that's right, and uh, nuclear holocaust is looming. But we're out of time. Join us next week for... 
face the press of the nation. Right, exactly. This is what I was talking about last week. I wasn't born when the Cuban Missile Crisis was going on, but I've read books and I've seen movies, and I didn't think that, you know, during the time that this was going on, everybody was talking about other stories. I assumed it was, uh, you know, fairly captivating. This is as big, if not bigger a deal, than the Cuban Missile Crisis, and it's like the third or fourth story. Yeah. After a couple other things. I mean, you know, the midterms are coming up. We're all going to be dead. (laughs) That's an exaggeration. Dr. Oz versus the guy who has the hoodie. Yeah, exactly. They spent 15 minutes on that. (laughs) It's it's, it's, it's just pretty pretty surprising to me. Mm, mm. Oh, speaking of uh, horrifying uh, possibilities, uh, I happen to come across a transcript of a recent episode of the Dr. Phil show in which Dr. Phil seemed to be waxing more political than usual. Could it be that he has oh. seen his buddy and fellow quack, Dr. Oz, near the, the very hallowed halls of the United States Senate and thought, well, that's an easier gig than this one dealing with crazy idiots every day. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> President Dr. Phil. Yeah, it's no crazier than Senator uh, Oz, so. Or the guy from The Apprentice being president. True. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about that. Um, what state is Jerry Springer from? He could be on the horizon. Uh, is so, he alive still? One of your, uh, I don't know. One of your, one of your smarty pants people who I did, because I was seeking out Ukraine news all weekend long. YouTube works pretty well for that. If you just like go with Ukraine, Russia, war latest, it, 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 the, these news organizations, CNN, CBS, everybody, they put together these packages. I don't know if they ever air. Maybe they only air online, but they put together these news packages and you can watch them on YouTube, but they don't make it onto their evening news. CNN's all a uh, hurricane all the time, but they have a lot of packages interviewing generals or whatever about what's going on in Ukraine. So I was seeking that stuff out over the weekend because I'm fascinated by this. Uh, this turnaround and and Putin's leading desperation, which one of your experts yesterday on one of the talk shows said, I think the chances now are twenty five percent and and uh, of of Putin using a nuke. And, no. I, and I thought, how could you possibly calculate that and put a number on it? I just I, that uh, that strikes me as I just don't even know how you would. That doesn't even make sense to me. Got to be a gut feeling, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It's not 50-50. It's half of that. It's a little high, though. Jeez, I'd say. I, I had one of those uh, nights last night where I woke up at 3.30, couldn't go back to sleep, mind just whirling in various directions, everything from the songs going through my head to, you know, aging to nuclear holocaust. And I was kind of wargaming the question that you and I were discussing last week. If I were the POTUS, first of all, we really need to change the primary system. I mean, it's gone terribly wrong if I'm the president. But if I were the president and Putin unleashed a quote-unquote tactical nuke, which I was reminded, these it's their smaller nukes. They're just the battlefield nukes. Many of them have the power of the bombs that hit Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right, yeah, I did a lot of reading on that over the weekend. They they, right. they they range from anywhere to a little less than one kiloton to I think fifty, but um the the bombs we dropped in Hiroshima were fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, you can carry around a tactical nuke that is uh is like what we dropped on uh, Japan, which gives you a bit of a conception uh, about how big the big ones are now, the hydrogen bombs that we have. Uh, anyway, uh and and I've got to admit it it. it uh, 
it was a very, very difficult thing even to run through in my imagination the various possibilities for uh, increasing the chance of ending the exchange of arms before it became a nuclear holocaust versus uh, you know, giving in and giving too much, and how does that embolden others going for? Is this? It it is maybe the uncrackable nut, the unsolvable riddle, the uncrackable nut. Right. Once that genie is out of the bottle, right. Pandora's box is open, right. and the nut is cracked. See how many metaphors I can squeeze into one discussion. <laughs> uh, it's it's a hard one, man. Ooh. Sure, sure. So uh, before we start the show officially, did you watch the? So Putin did the outside rally where he had the crowd chanting Russia, Russia, Russia with a bunch of, uh, you know, people fearing for their lives or they're crazy. But anyway, acting like the whole country was behind him on this annexation. But mm-hmm. did you see the indoor thing, the speech he did with the actual signing and the new four leaders of the provinces and all that sort of stuff? Just read descriptions of it. So there were hundreds of your higher ups there in the government and, you know, the, the people that run Russia were all there in that room. And this was a celebration. This was, I mean, his speech was, uh, you know, we have done it. We've accomplished this and done that and blah, blah. And they all sat there like looking like the doctor had just announced you have pancreatic cancer. I mean, they all had the Ugh. glummest, most serious looks on their face. And it struck a lot of people as, uh, dude, are you? Are you are you reading the room here? There ain't How nobody here. There ain't no not a human being in this room. You look around that is even even slightly seems to be with you on this whole. This is a good thing. This is a good idea. Now, for two reasons I think. One, I think they just realize there's no way we can win. You're destroying the country. The country's being destroyed on a day by day basis. It may be past the point of no return. And secondly, word may have gotten to them that uh, Thursday of last week, our government announced new sanctions on almost all those individuals in that room have had their money frozen now and they can't travel and all these different sort of things. So they definitely are not on board. But the looks on the faces in that room has got to lead you to believe that Putin can't just continue to be president of that country. Can he? Of course, somebody would have to end it. He ain't going to willingly give up. But man, that was something. Wow, that's that's great. That's why you watch and just don't read some journalists' account of it because they had the you know X's and O's of it, if you will. I watched way too much football yesterday, uh, but not that dynamic. Uh, the other thing that struck me over the weekend about Putin and his ravings is uh, indirectly uh, several of his talking heads, propagandists on the state-approved news channels were openly proclaiming that NATO troops are fighting in Ukraine. This is now a war against the decadent, perverted West, and NATO troops, they mentioned a couple of countries, are actively fighting in Ukraine, even though that's not true. Uh, so, trying desperately to spin it to the Russian people, this is now an all-out war with NATO, which at some point... Somebody's going to say, oh, I'm looking around, I'm not seeing an all-out war with NATO, so what's, what does Putin have to do? Have an all-out war with NATO? Which, of course, would be bizarre and practically suicidal, but people who are cornered and desperate do bizarre, practically suicidal things. Yeah, well, his life is over one way or the other, so... Uh, anyway, we'll talk more about that later and a little more on what a tactical nuke can do if he decides to use those on the battlefield, which has never happened, by the way, in world history. Let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, October 3rd. It's a brand new month, the year 2022. We are Armstrong and Getty. Rent is due. We are Armstrong and Getty, and the uh, we approve of this program. All right, let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. The show begins here at Mark. Well, I, I mean, let me just say right off the top, though, I mean, 
buckle your seatbelts because as contentious as last term was, I think this term has the potential to be equally divisive. Hey, there you go. If you're worried, that, if you're worried that things are too calm, Supreme Court kicks off its season first week of October, which is now, and it's going to be even more contentious than last year. So I don't know how that could be true. Isn't that a, Finally, something to argue about. Aren't they trying to get clicks? You can't get bigger than Roe versus Wade. Come on, that's been the biggest one of my life. Yeah, that was a little clickbaity. There's some good stuff. I mean, good stuff in terms of controversy. Ending, uh, looking at race at universities, that'd be huge. That oh, would yeah. be huge. Yeah. And it's about well, just, time. The, the most amusing part to me, which we have discussed before, is that after decades and decades of liberal control, over the Supreme Court now that there's a conservative majority, uh, all the uh, mainstream media are acting like it's just it's a horror. It's unimaginable that one uh, you know side of the aisle would would have more justices. It's unfair. It's incomprehensible. Come on. Hey, I uh, just saw this. I didn't watch Bill Maher Friday night on HBO, but apparently he threw out the idea that the Dems should dump Kamala Harris because she's a bad politician. Oh, do we have that tape? I'd love to hear Interesting. that. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, so how does mailbag look as we move on? With oh, it's strong enough. It's Yeah, it's good enough. It's yeah, good absolutely. enough. Good enough. It's, it's a Monday. That's what you're looking for. Looking for a clean shirt in the class. That's good enough. Right. Yeah. Right. Did, did We're not going out dancing here. We're just <laughs> jam something trying in my to get mouth started. For breakfast ain't the healthiest, but this is good enough. That's what we're looking for on a Monday. Right. Good enough. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. I did quite a bit of reading and uh, stuff this weekend, so I'm very excited about doing a talk radio show today, because I have many things to talk about. I thought the opening of Saturday Night Live was awesome Saturday night to kick off their 50th season. I thought that was really good. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I did a fair amount of reading myself. I also watched quite a bit of the National League of Football. Hmm. As I was feeling a little funky Sunday, and by a little funky, I mean it was as if I'd traveled to Mexico, gotten down on all fours, and lapped up all the pond water I could find. Oh, physically funky, not emotionally funky. No, no, nor musically. Um, (laughs) I I had intestinal problems like I had eaten roadkill and washed it down with with pond scum. Well, I I had that last week, if you'll remember. Maybe I gave it to you. but It was an an unfortunate uh, couple of days there. Holy cow. And, you know, I've, I've... had persistent kind of sniffles, which I attributed to uh, allergies this time of year. Um, but I wonder, because I was doing some clicking around, and they say roughly 20% of people who have the, eh, I can't remember the name of it, the, the Chinese thing. Eh, I can't remember. I might not have it. I might. Um, uh, but 20% of people who, who have that have intestinal system, really? uh, the symptoms. And indeed, it's just under 30% of those who are hospitalized have fairly uh, severe intestinal huh. symptoms. I missed that over two and a half years. I didn't know people got uh, stomach problems from the COVID. You know, it's just a fifth, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I just I kind of wonder if, uh, you know, eh, who knows? Let's not, uh, don't test, don't tell. That's what I say. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Woo! 
I love this. I love this so much because one of the greatest accounts I, I read, uh, wise and reasonable, intelligent uh, account of how Trump got elected, was that uh, the left has been giving middle America, working class America, nothing but judgment and disapproval. You're bad people. Your country is bad. Your culture is bad. You're stupid. Your jobs are stupid. Right. Your jobs are stupid. And Trump came along and said, you're the heart of the country, and I love you people. You know, to what extent he was sincere or not is up to you to judge. But anyway, this is Abraham freaking Lincoln if you need him. If you think you can slander a woman into loving you or slander a man into voting for you, try it until you are satisfied. Mm. Good one. Why is the left, why is the Democratic Party losing working America? White, brown, black, and and all colors in between? Think about old Link's quote right there. That's good stuff. It's Abe Lincoln. Mailbag. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Ed writes... I had to turn it off. I had two kids with me in the car. You guys started talking about the grotesque details of the Jeffrey Dahmer story. No. Oh. Had to turn it off for the kids' sake, and that's okay. I heard where the story was headed. I knew I didn't want to hear it then. Turned off the radio, turned it back a couple minutes later when I figured it was over. No drama. I heard something that could be perceived as offensive and didn't feel compelled to cry about it. <laughs> I think most Americans are capable of filtering content they take offense to and then are able to move forward with their lives without breaking down over it. Sad to see how many people coached by the left are not able to cope with the slightest amount of discomfort. Uh, thanks for doing the show. Please never give in to the sensitivity of weak people, etc. Thank you uh, so much, Ed. Wasn't the Dahmer segment One More Thing, our podcast? I think it was. Ah, may have been. I don't yeah. recall. We do one more segment every single day after the show called One More Thing that's only on the podcast. So we were talking about the Jeffrey Dahmer Netflix special. Uh, It's a series, which I got to admit, I watched half of one episode and I haven't gone back. Mm. I haven't been able to finish date number one. Yeah, the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast between three and 30 minutes, uh, four days a week, five days a week. Michael does the Friday one. I left the episode when Dahmer's got the guy drugged up and chained in his home, and I haven't uh, gone back to see how, where it goes from there. And just haven't felt, felt like it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got put off by like episode two or three of Breaking Bad, and I didn't go back for a year because I found it so disturbing. Anyway, uh, let's see. This is from uh, Andrew, writes, guys, the world is screwed. AI will destroy all creativity, or not. Uh, These are images that a computer created of a car by itself, and I must say they're pretty good for a free website that took less than a minute to complete them. If I can just type in a simple prompt and get design ideas, in this case for a car, why would we need creative designers? We'll be able to get an AI system to be creative for us, etc. We won't need all kinds of things. Everything from uh, waiters to uh, journalists authors, all kinds of things. This, in turn, leads to the loss of all human creativity, Mm -hmm. and our robot overlords will have uh, no uh, restraints from harvesting our unimaginative juices. Hmm. Harvesting Uh, our juices. Hard to imagine why a computer wants to harvest our juices. That's what it's all about, you fool. Harvesting our organs and our juices. Uh, Wow, here's some great analysis of why Putin won't leave power. From Mike in the OC, but we don't have time. Maybe we'll get back to that next half hour. I would like to hear that. A lot more on the way, including what's one of the biggest cases the Supreme Court's going to look at starting this week. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But that's not the only issue mm -hmm. this month on race. At the end of the month, we've got that affirmative action case coming out of Harvard and the University of North Carolina that is asking the Supreme Court, a group of white and Asian American students, uh, to say that any consideration of race in admissions, affirmative action in college admissions, violates the Constitution. I expect the court to agree with that decision and end the use of affirmative action. Obviously, quite a controversial decision. That's Jan Crawford of CBS News thinking the court will end looking at race for college admissions, which I'd say is about time. You can't fix racism with racism. But uh, anyway, that's something. The Supreme Court kicks off first week in October, and that's now. Have you, have you looked at a calendar? 
It's on, baby. It's on. So uh, we can run through a couple of more of the big cases that are coming up, but I just came across this. The Supreme Court is blowing up law school, too, inside the growing fear among professors who have had enough. And I'll read a little bit from this article. Oh, boy. Uh, so uh, apparently 90-plus percent of law professors are left, if not way left. That is my understanding. And uh, they're very unhappy with the current Supreme Court. And uh, I'll read some quotes here in a second. Uh, it's Boo not effing who would well, be my response. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's just, man, the 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 Supreme Court's got the lowest approval rating in terms of people believing in it as an institution that it's ever had since they've been at the, keeping track of those numbers. And that's not good. That's not good. And uh, even though it's ridiculous, it's still not good. I'm not sure what to do about that. I know, exactly. Well, well, if, I, if the only thing you can do about it is continue to always be left. <laughs> right. So I was going to say, yeah, if the court leans it all right, you will necessarily be decried as horrifying monsters. I mean, what's a, what's a justice to do? So they opened this article in Slate with a, a law professor from UC Berkeley Law. She held out hope that the court might be this great protector of individual civil liberties right when we desperately need it to be. Then came the rulings, blah, 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 blah. The court is not going to save us, she realized. It's going to let Trump do whatever he wants to do, and it's going to help him get away with it. (sighs) Four years later, the justices completely shattered whatever remaining optimism bridges, that's the law school professor, could muster about the court by overruling Roe versus Wade. They go on about that for a while. The image of the court as a majestic guardian of liberty was, she concluded, a majestic, a a complete lie. And it wasn't just about her own personal feelings either. Oh, it's not. Now she had to teach her students about the work of an institution that made her sick to contemplate. So she's a UC Berkeley law professor who believes the court's completely out of control. This Slate article, which agrees with her, goes on. Bridges is not alone. At law schools all across the country, thousands of professors of constitutional law are currently facing a court that, in their view, has let the mask of neutrality fall off completely. Holy crap, you people are delusional. Six conservative justices are steering the court head-on into the most controversial debates of the day and consistently siding with the Republican Party. Increasingly, the conservative majority on the court does not even bother to provide any reasoning for its decisions. What? Now, that, that wait, that that reaches new heights of insane. They literally publish their decisions. And pages and pages of reasons. Now law professors across the country are faced with a quandary. How and why should you teach law to students while the Supreme Court openly challenges changes the meaning of the Constitution to align with the GOP? That is what the Supreme Court is doing, changing the meaning of the Constitution to align with the GOP. So if, if that's what a Smarty Pants article quoting law professors from all across the country... If that's the angle they're going to take before this session even starts, yeah, it's going to be rough. So you're going to have these professors all across the United States at the best schools in the country openly saying to the students, well, this is just a rubber stamp for the Republican Party. Yeah. And and not make the argument, you know, I suppose you could look at it this way, that maybe the Constitution doesn't have anything in it about abortion. Uh, so they decided to leave it up to the states. No, 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 no. They were they just aligned with the Republican Party. Yeah, they they voted for uh, more democracy, not less. 
And so, what about the rights of the kid? Uh-huh. As long as you got a head of steam there, my journalist friend, what about the kid? Yeah, so it's uh, that's rough, as, as you pointed out. My, my whole life, the court has been way left-leaning. That was fine, of course. Yeah, that was just neutral and wise. And now... You have a few more conservatives than liberals on the court, and well, there's no point in even teaching law anymore. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Well, and then that uh, excuses virtually anything. I mean, if uh, the law has been usurped, we no longer have national laws. So to the streets, uh, you know, that, that, take that, up arms, etc. That, that's the problem with where we are on so many different things. It's just it's a race to the bottom. It's a spiral to the drain, and I don't know how you avoid that because, like you said. So leave the court liberal forever, just so you don't end up in this situation? That, that's Because I don't want them to yell at us anymore. I'm afraid. But now you're going to have law professors all across the country, 90% of them, uh, teaching kids that the, the Supreme Court is just, you know, a political animal now, and to not believe in it. Well, somehow, by virtue of the sort of person who is involved in those fields and the politics of today, we have ceded uh, to the left... The academy, as they say, colleges and universities, elementary schools and high schools, the media, the cultural arts. Uh, There's an article, oh my God, the Wall Street Journal is fantastic about uh, how Marxism and praise of Marxism is invading America's museums, uh, our art museums, our history museums, that sort of thing. Uh, It's, as I often say, culturally, it's so strange, it's almost worth seeing because I never would have imagined it's possible, but uh, it's happening. So quoting this uh, guy, David Bernstein, who's a law professor, and Tim Sandifer retweeted this stuff. This is where I came came across it. He's our law friend. The problem it's worth emphasizing is that this is a quote from the article. The problem is worth emphasizing is not that the Supreme Court is issuing decisions with which the left-leaning professors disagree. Duh. David Bernstein says this is exactly the problem and that left leaning professors would be dancing in the streets if SCOTUS was equally aggressive to the left. What's missing from this article is a single right leaning professor who shares the left wing professor's concerns that the court is out of control somehow. If this were a professional rather than ideological issue, it would be easy to find people on both sides. Correct. Right. You know, I was going to ask you, because you usually ask this question, does that journalist and those law professors, do they understand what they're doing and they're doing it for political purposes, or are they so completely blind and unself-aware they don't understand how how biased they are and how strange it is? I think it's got to be the latter, that they're so solidly entrenched in that view and surrounded by people with agree that agree with them that they can't even imagine that uh, uh, other Harvard and Yale grads, which is all of the Supreme Court, uh, for the most part, that, that could come to a different conclusion than they did. You know, there's a cliche, and it's probably oversimplified, that the right is about facts, where the left is about feelings. Um, and again, it's oversimplified, and I'm not claiming that's entirely true. But, I mean, like I, as a, as a uh, proud conservative, I am completely aware that when the left had the court, They saw the Constitution differently than me and mine tend to, and they interpreted it that that way in ways that made me uncomfortable. But I wasn't screeching that the the, uh, Republic was crumbling. Now the court leans right, so now we get our way for a while. How can you not recognize that? Yeah, and I didn't feel like they were just a rubber stamp for the DNC, whatever the Democratic Party wants to do. I just assumed that super smart lawyers who look at the world a different way than me came to this conclusion honestly. I never, for, I never once thought or suggested that Stephen Breyer, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or 
you know, going back, Powell or any of those people. I never thought for a minute they were some sort of vicious ideological monsters who are, you know, bent on tearing down the flag. And you cannot tell me that Amy Coney Barrett is some sort of monster or Brett Kavanaugh. These are serious thinkers. No, they're just rubber stamping the Republican Party. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, these people, this is like every conversation they have apocalyptic. When they're discussing whether to have meatloaf or spaghetti in the evening, does the husband say, honey, if we have spaghetti, this will tear this family down. We might as well kill the children as feed them spaghetti. Are they in this mode all the time? Again, this final one of these sentences in the article. Now law professors across the country are faced with a quandary. How and why should you teach law to students while the Supreme Court openly changes the meaning of the Constitution to align with the GOP? I would like to uh, uh, congratulate you on crafting one of the most idiotic sentences I've ever had the displeasure to hear. Well Well, done, sir. You can call it idiotic, and I do too, but if that's the way... All our prestigious prestigious law schools are going to look at the current makeup of the Supreme Court. That's bad for the country. That's yeah, bad. That's We're poisoning bad. the minds of our brightest young people. Right. Yeah. This is not good. This is not good at all. Um, the only hope we have is that reality bats last. Well, but sometimes reality, like Aaron Judge at home, Home run slugger of the Yankees will fail to hit effectively, even though I watched, hoping for him to knock one out and get his 62nd. So Sometimes st- reality bats last and strikes out. So he's still stuck at 61 with how many games to go? Alex, do you know how many uh, games Aaron Judge has got left? Three. Three games to go, stuck at 61, starting to get a little tight. He's got to be feeling tight. Even, even as the monster hitter, he's got to be feeling a little tight with only three games to go, right? Sure. Might be easier for him on the road, honestly, to get that uh, 60 second, the record breaker. Correct. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. 
I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And four, they play a doubleheader tomorrow. Okay, gotcha. Um, Awesome. So So you lied, Alex, you lied. (laughs) It's my greed, I apologize. (laughs) Why do you lie? Is it your greed? One of our favorite. Uh, we got a postcard in the mail once. All it said on one side of the postcard, scrawled in the writings of a crazy person. Why do you lie? Is it your greed? <laughs> I still find it. I've got that on the on the wall in the office, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's one of the treasured artifacts of our entire radio careers. I can't. I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. You can weigh in anytime you want on the text line. Oh, yeah. Let me run through a couple of the, the uh, big cases that the court's going to be looking at this session. Cool. Yeah. That college admissions one is huge. And as Jan Crawford said there, she thinks it's going to go the direction of ending it. But anyway, much on the way. Stay here. looked at the national numbers, but I know where I live, gas has gone up like 70 cents in a week or something like that. So, uh, woof. Yeah, it had gone down there for a while, but now, yeah, I was just looking at those figures, and in the blue states, it has skyrocketed again. Most. Moving up. That's right, sir. Donald Trump with a controversial tweet by his standards over uh. the weekend that we can look into, and the Wall Street Journal's got a pretty tough editorial about that, and We'll see if you agree or not. Maybe we'll get to that later in the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think I saw that article myself and was kind of shocked by it. Uh, I'm looking. I should have done this a couple of minutes ago, but I'm looking for uh, the Wall Street Journal's preview of the Supreme Court session just because the, the New York Times is so biased as to make it unreadable. It, it, it won't even describe the facts. It, it, to the extent that it includes facts, it merely uses them to illustrate its premises, um, even though it's labeled as a news article. Maybe I'll look for that later. But I'm looking for a straightforward accounting of what cases are before the court. And some of them are cases we've been talking about for a, for a very long time, uh, including with our friend Tim Sandifer of the Yale Goldwater Institute. Uh, so you've got a major case about uh, race-conscious admissions programs, specifically at Harvard and uh, University of North Carolina, 
Uh, to what extent can you consider race, um, racism to end racism? Uh, you know, there's a, a great piece, I think, in the New York Post today about how Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, has reinstituted a lot of the programs that Bill de Blasio got rid of in New York public schools for merit-based admissions to certain magnet high schools and for permitting the very idea of high achievers ought to be challenged and have a chance to achieve more. Um, and, and what's interesting is you look at the two points of view uh, expressed in the description of that situation is you have the side on the left, their answer to not enough black kids are getting to the finish line of high achievement, their answer is change the finish line, move the finish line, and and don't let anybody go for that other finish line. Eliminate it. Whereas those of us of a different bent who absolutely want more black kids going to college and succeeding and achieving and 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 reading at the third grade level or whatever we want that desperately we just think your solutions are garbage they don't work they've never worked having said that uh the new york times of course says the 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 case before the court could put to death more or less 40 years of affirmative action precedents on the court they mentioned a bunch of courts and again that this is outrageous and horrifying uh, how dare the justices see the law and the Constitution differently than the previous court, which was liberal. Uh, let's see. There's something else I wanted to say about that, but it flitted out of my mind. Oh, we'll get plenty of chances. Well, the, the good thing about that, if, if the ruling goes the way it's expected to go, is if Harvard and whatever high-end institutions you want to talk about end up being dominated by Asians and people from India and that sort of stuff, then maybe, since it's not white people, we can take a look at, okay, what's going on culturally with those people that they're so successful? And what are we, the rest of us, not doing right? Because uh, when it was white, it, you just automatically assumed it was racism. Right, of course. Yeah. Or, you know, systemic racism. Uh, we got an email about uh, about this very topic, and it asked this question in a very straightforward way. But um, I can't find it. The the uh, critical theory people are always anxious as hell to talk about culture if it's white culture, but no other cultures are are viewed or looked at. Or if there are any say uh, less savory or or shiny proud proud aspects of whatever culture, they only exist because of white supremacy, and so white people need to change, and that's the only thing that needs to be done. Um, the idea that you lift people up by pressing others down is a horrifying idea, and the greatest political philosophers who've ever lived through the centuries have all said that's a terrible, terrible way to look at the world. But anyway, that's the way uh, the left does these days to a large extent. Uh, so anyway, there's the big admission case. There's um, there's a so-called voting rights case. It has to do with districting and the the federal government. Can they continue to? Uh, scrutinize and control states that had a racist past in the 20th century when they try to make uh, changes. There's an Indian Child Welfare Act case that Tim Sandifer has been talking about for a very long time where uh, kids with with a drop of Indian blood in them could be yanked out of their home and returned to the tribe. Uh, getting back to that whole, okay, now the progressives are talking about, if you have a drop of that blood, you're this sort of person, which is such a sick and, and, and Nazi-ish way of looking at human beings. Um, so that's going to be before the court. 
Oh, there's another uh, redistricting court. Oh, and then the whole uh, website design company that doesn't want to design websites for gay weddings. It's the modern version of the wedding cake. Right, exactly. It's uh, instead of uh, sugar and flour, it's ones and zeros. Um, and uh, it's essentially the same question, I yeah, think. I, I don't quite understand why the, the, the previous ruling on the whole wedding cake thing just doesn't apply to this. Well, it was uh, my recollection of it, and they kind of refer to it in here, is that it was not a definitive ruling. It kind of skirted the issues. Mm. It was one of those, oh, come on, you didn't decide it decisions. Uh, In the Dobbs decision, that was the uh, Kate decision, the justices in the majority disagreed about whether the logic of that ruling should require reconsideration of other landmark decisions, including one establishing a constitutional right to same-sex marriage, uh, but the court's ruling may provide hints this time about the justices' commitment to protecting gay rights, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I want to mention this because it just came in and it fits in with what we were just talking about. The fact that law professors all across the country believe the Supreme Court is now just a rubber stamp for the Republican Party. Just in. Supreme Court rejects MyPillow's CEO Mike Lindell's bid to fend off a defamation lawsuit that the voting machine company uh, filed over his far-fetched claims about the 2020 presidential election. So There they go, rubber stamping the right wing again. Doesn't look like they rubber stamped the Republican Party there. No, of course not. And again, I wonder, are these people so frantic and so bubbled they believe their apocalyptic rantings? Or are they just intentionally trying to fire people up for the midterms? Going to look at Ukraine and Iran, among other things. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast. Look for Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.